Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking About Rock. I'm Rob Edwards. Remember, all our podcasts are available also on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss an episode. You can also check us out on our new website, TalkingAboutRock.com. Today we have Heaven's Edge, formed in Philadelphia in 1987. They were continually plagued by the bad luck and despite their best efforts, had a hit single and video, Skin to Skin, but they never quite found the traction they needed until now. With musical tastes turning back to the nostalgic 80s, Heaven's Edge have been playing live shows to great acclaim for the last few years. Tragically, their original bass player, Gigi Gatto, passed away in 2019, but they found a kindred spirit to take over his duties and are finally releasing a new studio album Get it right. Next, I chat with Mark Evans from Heaven's Edge on Talking About Rock. Okay, let's welcome to the show Mark Evans. How's it going, Mark? It's going well. How are you? Oh, very well, man. Thanks. So, Maybe to start out with the band's debut album, Heaven's Edge, came out in 1990, climbed to number 141 in the Billboard 200. You yes. guys gained a cult following over the years. And and you originally started, I think, as a bass player, right? Not a singer? Yes, yes. I um, And I'm still a bass player. I, I play in a, a couple of tribute bands um, just for the fun of it to keep, you know, continue playing. But uh, yeah, when we started, when Reggie and I started the band, him and I got together and started writing and we were both already, you know, playing in other bands, but we were just, we weren't happy with creatively. So we started writing, then we started a band and Heaven's Edge was started as a four piece band because I played bass and I sang on the demos and Reggie was like, no, I want you to, you know, let's have you sing. Be the front so man, right? Yeah. yeah. It was the four of us, but we were like, no, there should, it should be a front man. And that's when we brought George in and then everything just kind of clicked. And I was reading the name Heaven's Edge actually came from your fans actually helped you name the band. It was like a suggestion yeah. contest or something, right? Well, actually, the band that I was in, I was in a, uh, a full-time uh, working band called Network before Heaven's Edge. And we were, that band was, we were playing, we were a cover band, you know, a club band, but we were trying to get signed. We had a, a lot of originals and all. And there was another band called Network somewhere. So we were like, I guess we're going to have to change the name. Right. So we actually, we couldn't come up with one. I mean, as anybody, you sit there, just start cu putting colors together and with an animal and, you know, you just. <laughs> right. Or what doesn't sound too hokey right. or. Yeah. So with Network, we held this contest. We just, you know, we put like a suggestion box at the club and tell people, if you have an idea for a name, we might have to change the name. Let us know. And we went through all of them and nobody liked any of them. And the band ended up staying Network. But when I was going through them, the one that stood out to me was Heaven's Edge. And to this day, I have no idea who wrote that down. Uh, if they're out there, thank them. But it was, <laughs> it was, it was some a random fan of Network put it in the suggestion box. Network didn't like the name or didn't want that name, along with the hundreds of others that we got. Uh, they actually would have been pretty funny to keep and read at a later date. But uh yeah, the Heaven's Edge thing stuck. And when I, when Reggie and I decided to start the band, I said, well, there was this name, you know, and told him the background of it. He's like, it's perfect. I love it. 
we had, I mean, people try guessing, well, it's got to be, okay, well, it's Mark Evans and it's Reggie Wu. So maybe it's, it was like Evans Reg, and that's where Heaven's Edge came from or something, but that's not where it came from. Though we do have, when, you, when you're songwriters and you're doing it professionally, you have to have a name for your own publishing company. So our right. publisher, Reg and I's publishing is called Evans Reg Music. <laughs> okay, there you go. And also, I think after after a time, you guys were also asked to record a song for the Motley Crue Kickstart My Heart tribute album. The band recorded yes. a cover of uh, Don't Go Away, May I Just Go Away for that? Yes. Yeah, that was, a, that was, it was a lot of fun to do it, to get back together again and, and do it. I mean, it was for a sad, you know, reason. I mean, a good cause, but it's a shame that uh, Vince Neil and his family had to go through what they went through. Right, but, right. But yeah, strangely enough, you know, I, I don't even own a copy of that. Not even sure did anything on it, but I'll have to try and find that sometime. Right, that would be that'd be quite interesting. And you yeah. guys have went through a, a lot of tough times yourself. You mm -hmm. know, the episode performing at the Empire Rock Club in Philadelphia. Yes, with uh, with getting George getting shot in the abdomen. I mean, what? Well, what he got shot. He got shot pretty much everywhere. It that's was, that's uh, just crazy. Yeah, well, it, and it was because we were celebrating the fact that we just signed to Columbia Records. And we had finished a show at the uh, Empire Rock Club, which is up in Northeast Philly. It was one of our, you know, mainstays. We had finished the club and we're all hanging out, partying, drinking, because we just got signed. We're, you know, celebrating. But we also right. did have another show at the same club the next day, because I think it was, we were, if I remember correctly, we played a Saturday night, which was an over 21 show. And then they used to do an all ages Sunday thing. Right. Cover both played. bases. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I think we were supposed to be doing the All Ages Sunday show the next day. And George, strangely enough, who typically wasn't the responsible one going, hey, guys, I need to go home and get some rest. We have a show tomorrow. That night he did. And I can still remember I was sitting on the edge of the stage while they were, you know, fixing things up or whatever. And, uh, you know, decided a decent buzz going, I'm sure. And George had left. You know, we'd all said, hey, see you later. See you tomorrow. Right. And next thing you know, he came walking back in the club and he walks up to me and I'm like, George, what's what's the problem? He's like, uh, I think I got shot. And then he collapsed on me. Oh, my God. And it was the strangest thing. I don't know if his body was in shock, but he collapsed on me. And once he, he like said, I think I was shot, he started bleeding. But he was shot. It was a shotgun that hit him when he walked out the front door and he was shot from down like he had pellets in, from his calf all the way up into his neck. I mean, it was oh the whole, whole one side of his body. Oh, my God. And hope, hopefully they found the person responsible for all this. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, they found the person, but uh, the courts couldn't charge him for some weird technicality or something. Oh, my God. So, that's crazy. So that kind of derailed stuff for you guys for a while, right? Yeah, and that slowed us down on doing the record. Um, and, uh, you know, but it's... it. It didn't work out timing wise for when the record came out, but in waiting, we ended up, you know, being able to use Neil Kernan to produce the record, which worked out really well. And at that time we were doing it, we didn't think like, ah, you know, you know, let's push it back, you know, six months or a year or whatever, just until George is healthy and we can get the producer we want and all that. When in essence, we could have gone in, I could have played the bass parts myself right. and finished the record and, and moved on. But we wanted to wait for George because we wanted him to be a part of it. You know, it was, you know, somebody in your family's down, you want to, you know, get them back up. 
Exactly. So exactly. So the next thing that so a reunited Heaven's Edge actually in October 2013, you guys played the Fire Festival in Nottingham, England, sold out yeah. show in, uh -huh. in Philadelphia. And then you guys were on the M3 M3 Festival, which is which has gotten to be huge over the years. Yeah, it's uh the M3 festival. You know what's great about all of these festivals, any of the ones that we've done, and include like the Monsters of Rock Cruise, is it's it's a gathering of you know of like-minded people they like the same music they're there to have a good time and a lot of the same people there's like a core group of people that will travel to all of these you'll see them at on the monsters of rock cruise you'll see them at m3 some of them even i mean when we just played in philly a couple of months ago there were people that flew in from florida and california and stuff because it's what they do it's you know they've and they can afford to, and that's, you know, which is awesome, but they just travel around with a lot of these same people. It's kind of like a, you know, a little family because right, each right. time you go back, you, you know, more and more people and a lot of the same people continue to come back as well. And you guys figured you weren't going to play together again until you got uh, Jaron, right? Kind of like this is yeah, maybe, had, this is maybe it. Well, yeah, we had, we had discussed that initially because, you know, uh, when George had passed, I mean, he got sick. And, uh, you know, and was gone in under a year. It, it was very quick. And, uh, you know, we were all in shock. We were all mourning losing him. And we really didn't know what to do. But the problem we had is, you know, we loved playing. We loved the music that we're doing. We loved the fans that we have out there. And we're like, you know what? If we can find the right guy, you know, because we were still getting the offers to go and play M3 or do shows around here or, you know, play on the cruise and stuff. And right. Um because that's when the resurgence really started, right? Around oh, 2013 yeah. or 2012. That's when that all this music started to resurge. Yeah. I mean, I think and honestly, I think it's just because people that enjoy that music are they're all getting older. You know, they've had kids. I mean, if they're, you know, my age or or even a little younger, I'm a little older than most, but a lot of people got to the point, you know, their kids were grown or their kids are teenagers where they, they could go, you know what? we're going away for the weekend to go to M3 or we're going here to, to go and do this. And so in people in coming out of their child comas and going, I can, you know, I can <laughs> right. go out and, and have some fun, you know, outside of the family again, started doing it. And it just seemed like when M3 came about and when the, the Monsters of Rock cruise came about and a lot of these other festivals and shows that have come up, I think it was just the perfect timing because people were able to afford to go out and see it. Right. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. I know everybody is always interested in, in going on those. They sell out so quickly and it seems like a heck of a time. I myself really want to get on one, you know, as soon as possible. But it, it there's always a great a great list of acts going on in there. It's got to be crazy, though, because there's multiple things going on. It's the um, the I mean, M3 is a great festival. They run it. They are top notch. They treat the bands everybody they treat everybody great and so that's a top-notch one but it's a regular festival one band then another band then another band all in the same stage and all right there with monsters of rock cruise when you get on the ship and once the once they uh disembark the music starts they have a big sail away concert with one of the one of the main bands but they take the upper deck of the crew of the cruise ship gets kind of dismantled and they build a big festival stage there with the huge lighting rigs and everything else. 
empty out the pools that are up there so people can stand wherever they want. And so that becomes kind of a main stage. But then also in these immense ships, there's a, a full-sized theater that probably holds, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand people in there with a you know big stage where they do like Broadway productions and stuff. Right. So there'll be a concert going on there and then the concert going up on the pool stage. And then you know, you might be able to go and see Night Ranger doing an acoustic performance in a in a lounge somewhere or John Karabi anywhere on the ship. You know, and it just there's music going on and you get to see bands in an atmosphere that you don't get to see them in typically. Right. Um, it's a more relaxed yeah. atmosphere and kind of almost a little bit more intimate. And I think they have they have dinners and stuff with the bands at times, too. Right. There's packages for that and stuff. I, I don't know if, if they do that stuff. But but the thing is, is even though, you know, there are some of the bands that are you know big enough that they just they're on the cruise, they stay in their area. And then, you know, there is a like a private artist restaurant. Right. Which is nice. I mean, I've eaten there, but typically a lot of the bands just eat out at the buffet where everybody is. So that's also one of the cool things because you could be, you know, standing at the salad bar and just go, oh, that's Nuno. Hey, you guys were great last night <laughs> making your salad because everybody's just kind of hanging out. Right. Unless you're with Kiss and they have all their meals delivered or something to their right. room or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wouldn't expect to see Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons at the salad bar. Yeah, definitely but, not. But a lot so, of the bands that are on the cruise, you will just see wandering. That's excellent. Yeah. So take us up to 2022. Heaven said shined a new deal with uh, Frontiers Music. Yes. And you guys released your first studio album in 25 years. Get it right. I, if you had asked me even five years ago, do you think you guys will ever put out a new record? I would have been, I, I'd be shocked if it ever happened. And when we got contacted by Frontiers, I was shocked. Um, you know, I mean, they're a, a huge label. I mean, you know, I know they're, you know, they're not a Columbia Records or something like that. But when it comes to uh, the melodic hard rock, whether it's, stuff that new bands are putting out now or bands from back in the day they're the best at it i mean they're you just look at their at their lineup for me to be able to go oh yeah i'm on the same label as journey and toto and white State. right they're bringing you know? everybody back and right. putting out so much music i get so much stuff from them which is outstanding yeah and just to bring up you know record companies something that, that you said a, a little while back i read that the president of columbia records that signed Alice and Chains, and they were pretty much told you guys, well, you're, 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 they're the future and you guys are the past. Well, I guess what? It, yeah. Guess what? One thing you got to learn is, is you can't see the future and all things are possible. You never know. Yeah, you never know. And, and, uh, you know, I, that's, we're definitely proof of that because you just never know. We used to, we used to kid around because certain, you know, I mean, certain bands or musicians have their, you know, their way about them that they think like, you know, oh, we're going to this, we're going to that. But I used to laugh because we'd be out playing and you'd see anybody that was not taking, I mean, we take serious, very seriously what we do. We want to make sure it's the best performance, but we're seriously just doing it because it's fun. We're not, it's not to make money or anything like that. We've all got jobs. Right. We, right. Everybody has a day money, job. <laughs> but when I get to go up there, it's just for the fun of it. But we used to kid and we'd see people that were getting, you know, really serious about, you know, thinking like, oh, you've got a shot at getting science. Like, you know, I used to be like, nobody gets signed at our age. I mean, just have fun. Right. Just enjoy yourself. Nobody gets signed. And then 
Right, that used to be the goal back in the day, though, right? So, like, you got to get signed, and then once you're signed, if the album does good, then maybe you'll get on a tour and you'll open for somebody, and maybe things. It's it's not that way anymore because you can put out music right Mm -hmm. away. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy now. I could I could make an album in this little tiny bedroom that I have in my home. That's now my studio. I could make an album in here. It wouldn't sound like it, right? But you know, I mean, it's possible for people to do that, and they do. And which is great that they can do it, but it just, it makes trying to understand the music business, jumping back into it all these years later, it's changed so much. It's a totally different animal than it used to be. There wasn't digital. Right. Back then there wasn't an internet. Yeah. Cell phones. I mean, come on. And I kind of, I kind of blame some of what happened on the record companies because they didn't jump in on all this when it started to change. Right. When you saw the change go to digital and things like that. Mm -hmm. You could have you could have put something up and said, okay, Warner Brothers, you know, 20 bucks a month. I'm gonna stream these many artists from Warner Brothers or yeah. Atlantic or whatever. They could have had something to do that. You know, would I would I pay 20 bucks a month to do that? Sure. Why not? Right? You you would do that, oh, yeah. right? I yeah, it's just like you know, I give credit, it's got nothing to do with the music business, but it's the same thing with all the streaming. You know, I give credit to like say Netflix. Oh, hugely. Ne- yeah, Netflix was you know you ordered you know dvds in the mail yep and everything and you'd think okay well dvds are going away i guess netflix is done no they were forward thinking and said no this is how we're going to do it this is where the future yeah and they actually brought their idea to blockbuster and blockbuster laughed at them right you know but it's but now it's the standard i mean now right it's, it's, and that's what it if if the record companies had done that you're right you know it would have yeah. been no different than getting it you know your amazon prime channel or your yeah and i I understand about being scared about the change but you got to be forward thinking it's going to happen anyways it's you know what i mean these things are going to happen and now you know when steve jobs came out and he said i want to put all your music on on itunes for for a dollar or something everybody's like no you're not doing that guess what now it's streaming all over the world yeah you know so it's like if you miss the boat on these things you don't at least explore it yet you never know but so that kind of brings us up to date the new album tell us about writing and recording the new album here you guys got uh it was um it was interesting we after uh after we got signed right after we got signed i got sick i had an aneurysm with a lot of uh complications we'll put it that way so i was laid up for quite a while and so that kind of delayed things because reggie and i we had been writing all along but not at the we're writing a new album pace. It was more like, oh, I had this idea popped into my head kind of thing just for the fun of it. Right. Because we weren't signed and we weren't looking. Right. It wasn't any, like, com- oh. any complete songs or anything. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, if we come up with something cool, maybe we'll add it to the set or something. And, um, but after I had recovered, uh, Reggie and I kind of, you know, started to buckle down and uh, our drummer Dave had introduced us to an incredibly talented guy named Jacob Bunton, and uh, we worked with him on a few, uh, on four of the songs on the record. That were songs that we had finished or almost finished, but we just we knew we had something special, but it was just kind of missing something, and we couldn't figure out what that little thing was. And in a lot of cases, it was like, oh, I just changed this one line right here, and then you go. that's brilliant. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but it just made everything better. So Jacob came in and kind of helped us on, like I said, uh, on four of the songs. Um, 
but working with him, we had Reggie and I have a certain chemistry together and it's why we've, you know, kept together our friendship and kept together creating all these years. Um, even though it slowed down for a period. Uh, but then we got with Jacob and it was the first time we had done that with anyone else. And the chemistry was just as easy with Jacob as it was with Reggie. And luckily Reggie and I both felt that way about Jacob. And uh, it kind of sparked our creativity because we were listening to the way he approaches things, whether it's how he was approaching things musically or lyrically. And it just kind of, it, it gave us a little you know, burst of energy. And that helped us just finish writing the rest of the record after we worked with him on those few songs and we're looking for it. We have another two records uh, to do for Frontiers at some point down the road. So hopefully we get a chance to work with Jacob again, but it was it was amazing to get to write this record uh, again with Reggie and then the, the work with Jacob, but then getting in, into the studio to do the pre-production after, you know, we sent the songs out to all the guys, they learned them and now we're going to get together and play and everybody's going to put their own little, you know, sauce on it and make it, uh, you know, put their flavor there and getting together with the band and playing the songs for the first time was friggin' awesome. You know, and that was something that back in the day we would do every week. Reggie and I wrote every week. So it was a new song every week. Here guys, here's a new one. Here guys, here's a new one. Right. This get together after all these years with all these brand new songs was so cool. Yeah, awesome. definitely, definitely. And some very great tracks on there. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to check out the track for uh, When the Lights Go Down. And we'll be right back here with Mark Evans from Heaven's Edge on Talking About Rock. She can't find a way back home 
I've seen better days, but I'll be fine. One more or less goodbye. When will the memories make her smile again? Okay, we're back here with Mark Evans on Talking About Rock. Just checked out some of the tracks there for Get It Right. Great stuff, man. I've been listening to the album for the last couple of days. I'm really excited for you. It's it's great to have that coming out. And possibly some other stuff coming from you guys as well. You're you're alluding to maybe yeah. doing some other writing, doing yeah, that. We're, um, we're writing now again. Um, this The record deal that we got from Frontiers was actually for three records, which I thought was funny because I was like, you three records i'm like you know how old we are right <laughs> but we like a challenge um and uh you know so we're just we're going to continue continue writing and and hope that uh the next one is as good if not hopefully maybe even better than this one here but this one here we are incredibly incredibly proud of and really excited for everybody to get out there you know to, to get it out there and give it a listen Yes, definitely very cool. So, so it's out May 12th. You guys can check it out, get it right. And do you have any any dates coming up yet? You got any shows booked yet or or anything you're talking about, maybe? Uh well, we are actually gonna be in uh two and a half weeks. Um it was just announced that at the M3 festival in Maryland, uh on May 6th, uh when the festival ends, the, the first night of the festival ends when Sticks is finished, they're the headliner Saturday. Um, the main hotel that everybody stays at uh, down there, the M3 is going to be hosting a record release party for us. So after the show's over, everybody can come back to the hotel. It's free, hang out. We are actually going to have a a limited number, but a decent number of CDs, which would actually be kind of like a pre-release thing because it doesn't come out for a week after that. Right. And they're telling me we may, we may even have a few copies of it on vinyl. We'll see. Nice. Uh, I know vinyl's hard hard to get done. Yeah. There's so many people trying to do vinyl. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I know we're that they were going to be putting out on vinyl. I just didn't know it was going to be this quick. Um, but we're going to be do and then we'll be doing a short set. Uh they'll have a full stage set up back at the hotel. So we'll do a, a uh you know, a short like a shortened set there. And then we're going to be doing a set on the main stage at M3 on Sunday on May 7th. Very, very cool. So if you folks out there want to check out the M3 Festival, you get to check out the uh, early album release party from Heaven's Edge and get your copy of Get It Right. Uh, you may get it there or you may uh, get it when it comes out on May 12th. So excellent. All right, Mark Evans, so great to speak to you today, my friend. You too. It was awesome. All right. I hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Just let me know when. My All friend. right. Have a good night.
You do the same. Thank you. Thank you